0: everyone welcome to noisy narratives this is debbie i'm here with christy hello christy good morning good morning um we have exciting news Mm -hmm. we're gonna hop right in christy has exciting news and we're all excited for Mm -hmm. her um the williams family have moved back in back into Mm -hmm. their house Mm -hmm. so it's all beautiful and made up (laughs)
1: it is so much so the other day Creighton was like leaning to put a shoe on and he put his hand on this window that was perfectly clean. And I was like, get your hand out the window. And he was like, I'm the reason why we can't have nice things. And Whitaker was there and I was there and we all started laughing. It was like, everything's new. So it's like, don't touch it. Yes. Don't get a new car. You don't eat in the car until, you know, 30 days later. But yes, we have not been in our house since July 4th and we got to move back on Sunday and it was fabulous. It was great. That's awesome. The other night I was sleeping on Sunday night and I kept waking up. And the rental house that we've been staying at, when I sleep on my right side, I'm facing the door. Hmm. But this house, our house, when you sleep on the left side, you're facing the door. Oh. So on Sunday I woke up and I was like, why is the door? Where am I? Like where? <laughs> Took you where a minute. Uh huh. I felt like it was a hotel. Yeah. I was like, the doors. Is, why is the door on this? What side am I on? Like I had to like
0: switch. And then, and I didn't sit up, but I just enough
1: opened my eyes to be like, oh okay, we're not at that rental house. Okay, we're at our house.
0: And does it feel like a time warp a bit? You feel like you've time warped some. I feel like when you're 100%. gone from your house for a little bit and then you come back, you're like, did that just happen? Well, and so
1: the time warp, yes, but since everything is brand new, like all of the walls are, everything's painted and new and new lights and new smoke damage is legit, y'all.
0: And it gets so, into investment. Well, it got even
1: our thermostat and our insurance guy <gasps> didn't build in like to get new thermostats. So I had to change something. And so I opened it and it was still just all black
0: wow. from the smoke
1: inside the thermostat. In and I was the, like, wow, stuff is gnarly, but I was unpacking stuff. So we unpacked the kids stuff, um, on set on Sunday because they didn't want to go in to the house till it was done. So in July, this happened July 4th at the end of July, the kid, I was like, y'all come back and let's look at the house before they had done anything. Mm. And they came in, they left, and they were like, "Can I? I never want to come back."
0: Oh. oh, yeah, they did
1: not want to see it at all. And even when I would pull up to run in, Gentry was usually always with me, and she would be like, "I'm not going in." Yeah, nobody wanted to go in that house. It was burnt. It stunk, it-
0: and it looked scary. Oh, it, and it was their so home. Scary. So yeah, it was, yeah. Oh, it was horrible, horrible, horrible yeah. on the inside.
1: And I was like, "That's fine." So we made a pact that the-, the next time they come is to do the reveal. So we had a reveal on Sunday, and had a good friend that showed up on saturday really early morning saturday and sunday we got all the kids rooms done all the rooms were set up
0: Yes. Yeah, so, um, so all their furniture in all their like clothes mm-hmm. even in their drawers or no. you just
1: left that for them to unpack mm-hmm. and okay like got the furniture that. was mm-hmm. all put together yeah. put together and pretty and fun and so yes um that was sunday and it was fun and then the fabulous ladies um here at church did a stock the stock the pantry sh- no stock the shelves stock the shelves okay Stocking of the staples. Stocking of yeah, the, the staples. staples, because it's really the old school uh, com. I mean, com. No, the old school terminology is called a pounding. It's an old
0: fashioned old pounding, pounding, is what it's called. called yes,
1: <laughs> yes. And I didn't know about it till I came back to the house, um, like a couple days after it happened. And our fabulous Nani who lives in the neighborhood, um, she walked by and she made a comment. And I said, "I mean, spices. What do you do about spices? Like they're getting rid of all my spices." And I mean, they're just chunking them. Like, they're just all gone. And you just, I mean, I was just in shock of everything that was going on. And she was like, oh, well, you just need to have a pounding. And I was like, I have no idea what that means. What what are you talking about? And so she explained it to me on that day. Yeah. So that was fun to hear that. And then some friends brought all the the fun items to restock the shelf. Yeah. Um, What day was that? It was Saturday, I think. Yeah. And so we had a conversation on how. Ruth Green, yes, um, you know, did it all, coordinated yeah. it all, but Brittany told her, you can't call it a pound. No. Sorry, mom, you can't do that. Well, it and even,
0: I didn't even know what it was, but I knew what the new use of that uh-huh, word was. Uh-huh. And so I made sure when I Googled, I put in old fashioned <laughs> pounding. Because your search history was going to go. <laughs> so just so you know if you want to look it up make sure you do that and don't do it on your work computer don't, yeah like it's not a and so that's where ruth was like she texted us going oh my gosh i didn't even know and like yeah i was like yeah well i wasn't gonna be the one to tell you so i'm glad yeah. your daughter did mm-hmm. thank you to Brittany for <laughs> interpreting that for her but it was fun they all like man people loved on you guys absolutely really well. well the whole process has been yeah. amazing
1: it's been humbling how much people love love helping and loving on other people when they're hurting yeah and so that's been sweet so this morning i woke up early because i wanted to finish my closet quote unquote i don't feel like anything's gonna be finished for a while but i was looking at my clothes and we have so many clothes like it's just oh we've essentially lived on very little i've lived on very little greg's lived on very little oh
0: so now you have your stuff back and you realize
1: how much you had because you've lived on so little for like Mm -hmm. several months that makes sense Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking, getting prepped, like mentally prepped for this conversation, is are you emotionally attached to your clothes? That's our question. But before you answer I'll give you even background on this because I'm going through all my stuff and thinking, this is interesting. I don't like to have a lot of things, but I have a lot of clothes. And I remember when my brother died, a friend told me who had lost her brother, whatever dress or clothes you wear for this funeral, funeral, you're going to want to burn them. Because you'll never wear them again. Because mm-hmm. you'll look at them and you'll associate that dress with, with James's funeral. funeral. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is so bizarre, but okay, this is weird. And then I remember, which is true though, because I remember as soon as that funeral was over, changed clothes and probably a week later I was going through and I saw that dress and I was like, trash. I don't ever want to see this thing. Ever again, mm. and so I can go through my closet and be like, I wore it on. I wore this dress on this. I wore this outfit for this. For the
0: big occasions, yes. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And as much as
1: we're not supposed to be tied to it, like they they come with feelings. They well, come think with about emotions. like your wedding
0: dress. I sold that. You were what? <laughs> well, that's you're good. I didn't sell. It. I actually, donated it because I felt bad because it sat in a box. I know. I ended up donating mine, but it took me a while. Yeah, I did. And so I think like even that, you're like, you know, you're never wearing that again. No, and yet. We hold it because uh-huh. we think for some reason we're supposed to because mm-hmm. it's, yeah, we attach it to our wedding day. And so it took me a while, but I did mm-hmm. finally donate it to um, So that's funnier. So I think and I mean, am attached to some clothes, but now for me, it's almost more. Comfort and then I mm. keep stuff that I love even when they go out of style, hoping it'll come back because I love it.
1: Oh, so I do that with clothes that I hope but- to get back down to that weight size or weight oh, class. Okay. I
0: can put it back on. You're like, I'm putting this here because I will get uh-huh. back there eventually.
1: Like- but this morning I was like, nope, there's no hope. I'm just going to throw it away. And if I get back down to that weight, I'll buy, I'll- a, new one. I'll buy a new one. I'll celebrate it. Totally. Buy another- totally. Yeah. But I've done that for a long time, too.
0: Yes. That makes sense. That That makes total sense.
1: Okay. So then my next question is, is Adam and Eve were given fig leaves. Oh man. Are we going to get theology? Okay. No, 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 no. There is not an ounce of theology in this at all. But at what point did they move from fig leaves to animals? And then they went to animals because God, that was the Mm -hmm. first offering. So animals. And then who, how did they figure out how to make clothes? I mean, God created us in his image. And so we're very creative. God's Mm -hmm. a creative God. But where that doesn't tell us, in the, and again, these are all questions because I have done no research for this at all. But we go from Cain and Abel, and then Joseph's coat of many colors, mm-hmm. and they all wore robes. If you were my from the theory Levite, at the
0: very beginning before Noah was, all those people walked with the Lord still. A lot of them in some way shape or form. So I wonder naked is that what you no, saying? No, I'm I'm wondering if God showed them how to do some things <laughs> so that
1: they weren't naked, so, so that yes, they were clothed.
0: Exactly. I'm wondering if God kind Absolutely. of helped them learn how to make some good clothes with the fig leaves and everything else to use, the Lord's. But then, but
1: then in Exodus,
0: they have all those rules. Eventually, yeah, so they had to live
1: with no rules from Abraham to Moses and that Jewish law.
0: Well, and it wasn't like animal husbandry Moses? wasn't like, it was kind of frowned upon in a bit for a little while. Right. And then what did you Kane, say animal husbandry where you're using animals for more, for animal more hus- husbandry. Husband? Like <laughs> that's a name.
1: pounding an animal husbandry, and animal. <laughs> All in introduced. one
0: podcast. It's basically Man, the Google use this. of animals. Right. So Kane's line did that. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that made weapons and really mm-hmm. kind of increased technology like for their time. Um, with animals. So I feel like they probably um were the ones that started kind of the idea of kind of the ranch and the raising animals for human mm. purpose, mm-hmm. not to use them from out in the wild, but to capture them and hold them and restrain them and everything else. And so I feel like maybe in that instance they began Discovered to be able it. to use their if mm. you look at Cain's line, it was more evil, but they were extremely productive. Oh yeah plant on earth Mm -hmm. like they did a lot of things Mm -hmm. um and then Seth's line of course was all about walking with the Lord and Mm -hmm. praising the Lord and Mm -hmm. doing the good stuff so well
1: so are you tied to your clothes back to that I don't know that's where my brain went when I had one question and I'm folding I love how those
0: I love how the questions lead to questions though that's so fun because I don't know. I have won- I mean, we don't have any of those details of how mm-hmm. any of that happened.
1: But clothes are such a big part
0: of us, of
1: us mm-hmm. and of the Bible, like the narrative. Clothes are a big deal. Like even when Jesus comes back, he comes back with his white robe on, like he's clothed and it's a part of the story. And so clothes are a part of our story and they tell us who we are. Like, you know, if your kid True. or certain groups of people wear all black, they're yeah. the what's that group called certain The certain goth goth group and then if they were this outfit they're skaters if they wear this out they're athletic if they wear this they're ba- so yeah define clothes define yeah who we are even
0: culturally you got 80s oh, yes. outfits 90s outfits yes. you got disco you got it's true and even think about what um the hebrews used to wrap their babies in and yeah. the how that was made and it was very symbolic mm-hmm. and um it's true. Yeah. No, you're right. And the clothes Maybe that they blankets. even wrap the baby lambs when they come out in. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah. I forgot about All that. There's. It's so symbolic, but yet. Is. So again, lots of questions on do we tie emotions and good feelings and bad feelings to clothes? Do we get obsessed with clothes? Cause we want to make people feel like, or make people
0: think that we look a certain way or that we're okay. And even now culturally for us, we dispose of them so easily it's very even the other way like where it used to be i think you got more greg and i got in an argument over this oh really
1: Uh do tell he tried to close the door and he could not close it fast enough i was like close the door i'm done with this
0: for the closet because you have so much i was
1: lying in bed and i was like hey so like your clothes are over there on the floor like Mm -hmm. maybe you want to do something with them and he was like i'm gonna have a garage sale that means i'm never gonna do anything with them they're gonna sit there forever not going to happen. They look great on the floor and the pile, which he's a pile person. So his, yeah. I just move his piles around. So I, yeah. that pile will sit there for a week and then I'll get sick of it and I'll move it behind the bed. So I have to look at it. Yeah. And then he'll probably trip on it in the middle of the night and he'll move his pile back to the closet since we're back in the house. Like he just moves his piles around. And then at some point the pile will end up on the shelf, which is great. Like that's a win, but that's at least four to five weeks from where we sit right here. Right. But last night he just was like, we're going to have a garage sale. And I was like, no, why can't you just do it? And he yeah. was trying to close the door, and I was like, "Close, just close it. Just close the door. Be done. Like, st- I need to stop talking because you're. We know it's not going to happen, and you're not going to garage sale.
0: So yeah, I got mad about his clothes. Yes, last night. and well, and because garage sales to me, they are a pain, and they're not worth it. You might as well. I a would whole be like, Are you a garage whole, sale person? No. no, no, either am I. My husband is though because he wants to make money. That's but right. I'm like, who wants to put on the garage sale?
1: Who wants <laughs> to put the
0: little thing no, on? every it's ma- Oh,
1: here's ten cents. And you don't we make take
0: five cents. I'm not bartering over that. You don't make good money anymore." No. You don't make good money on garage. Just donate it. So my thing sale. would be, take that big pile you don't want, That's throw right. it in the back of your car, mm-hmm. and go haul it off to yeah. all these amazing places we have around here that will give did. it away. We did that yesterday. There you
1: go. Greg doesn't know that. We didn't talk about it. It's so not that he doesn't know. We just didn't tell him. Not that he cares, but...
0: Well, he wanted to have a garage sale, so give him 10 stuff. bucks. <laughs> That's right.
1: I'll, I'll zell you 10 bucks, honey, and I'll just take your clothes for you. That's a great the, idea. I'm not totally asking
0: that. The things that we that we all put up with with each other that we
1: So you don't like garage sales It's another much. conversation. I don't.
0: Well and even my husband really loves to sell things even online, but he doesn't like to do it either. So that yeah, means I need to do it. And so then I have to wait for people to come and then people don't show up and um so finally I'm just like hey this is here. Whoever wants it first come, first serve. Yes, <laughs> that's great. It. So we had people driving from all over. I'm like, here, here. Just, just like it. man, we didn't make any money. No, we didn't. And guess what? We don't need to, honey. I love you. It's okay. It's going to be okay. (laughs) And we are. We're fine. But I've gotten to the point, though, where that's what's nice about being older. You have those discussions together. Mm -hmm. It's so nice to know each other so well and just be able to laugh. Ugh. And sense of humor. So you guys have probably had to have a good sense of humor over the last few months.
1: Um, we've done great because Greg could care less about the house. He's not a house person. So you've just done it. I've all. just done it all. Yeah. So it's like nice. heavenly. So yes. he does his thing. He works. He, you know, we take, and the he kids probably to prefers
0: that. He like, if you, as long as you take care of it, he's probably happy. Right. Yes. Yeah. And there's
1: times I like the other day I was like, okay, I need one thing from you. And this is a big ask. I need you to go get mattresses from KK's house. And he was like, you could see him being like taking a breath. Uh huh. Like I want to say no, that sounds like such a pain in the butt but this is the only thing she's asked me since July 4th this whole time I'm gonna say yes here I go okay I can do it on maybe these two days I was like I don't care when like they just need to be at the house on this day and I gave him like five days like you figure it out I just need him on this day and he was like I'll do it so yeah he was a superstar on that that's awesome but yeah he's great he's wonderful but we haven't gotten in anything because he's like you just figure it all out you just do what you want to do yeah he doesn't have an eye for that kind of stuff either. Or yeah. interacting with people. Yeah. He would rather call the phone and be like, hey, uh, the painters aren't here. that You said they're going to be here. Why aren't they here? Yeah. Yeah. That's not going to win you over anything. I say there's 12 cervezas in the fridge. Your painters are welcome to have any of them. We're so grateful that you came to paint our house. And Greg's like, we paid them. I don't care. You have to be kind to people. And he's just like, if you said you're going to be there, you should be there. That's, Great. That's the difference between Jaime and I, too. Uh-huh. Like That's <laughs> just not going to happen. We just don't. We don't, we're not, we have to have an understanding of, we don't know what's going on in their schedule. Well, surveys and workers'
0: trades go really well together. There you go. That's good to no. know. Yeah. That's good information. I know. So if you That's want to win well. Points, yay. If you, you want to get them to your house sooner. Yeah. Especially the on a Friday, if you want <laughs> a
1: really good job, like something done, be like, when you're done, take these. Thank you. And they show up Monday, happy and eager to work.
0: Well done. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Win them over with kindness. robbery Good. That's mm-hmm. awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Just don't drink and drive and call me.
0: Yeah. No, don't do that. <laughs> okay. Well, we're glad you guys are back in. Um, we are talking about emotions, emotional attachment to clothing. We're mm-hmm. having our guest today is our fun counselor Kara. Who's going to, um, talk to us about another couple of our emotional kind of hangups that we might have, um, in our interview today. Cause we're you know, we haven't gone through all, was Mm -hmm. it 10 or 12 of those yet. So, so that's the interview Mm -hmm. next. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the interview today. Um, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. We are back with Kara today, Kara McLeod, our counselor that we've had on. This is your third time.
2: Yes. I'm yeah. a professional now. You basically. are a professional <laughs>
0: podcaster. That's you have you always are.
1: been a professional counselor, yeah. but now you are a professional yes. podcaster. A, <laughs> a new role. You're also in our top three of willing to do it. Oh, like you're an awesome. easy ask. And I'm very thankful for that. We yeah. Yeah. love it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. And you bring good
0: content. So it's, I, we're very thankful. Well, thank so you. We yeah. I'm happy to help.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: And it is helpful. Okay. It is good. helpful. Our, we get good. comments about these podcasts um, because I think they're applicable to people's lives, mm-hmm. which yeah. we like. Yeah. Um, and you do a good
1: job communicating it so that people understand it too.
0: Oh awesome. That's so good don't to hear. Let us
1: down today. Okay. Okay, okay. no <laughs>
0: pressure. We're good. Now that you're <laughs> professional you <laughs> and all we have high expectations. <laughs> we have high expectations. Okay. okay, so we've we've talked about different unhelpful like thinking styles mm-hmm. in the past. Um, is what we've done. And you can go back and look at previous episodes. Um, if you're listening, you can look at previous episodes of distorted thinking styles that we've discussed today. We're going to talk about two. We usually tackle two at a time. We're going to talk about mental filter is what it's called. And Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about jumping to conclusions. So we're going to tackle one at a time. And just to be clear, these are unhelpful thinking styles Mm -hmm. and we all have, we all some do this of in these. Some ways. Yes. yes. It's just how you deal with them functionally kind of shows, I guess, your maturity right. and knowing yourself maybe well. I yeah. I mean, I think the goal is
2: to have more awareness, to have more self-awareness of both ourselves and others. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we are aware of the ways that we can maybe be thinking about things in distorted ways, which then creates oftentimes responses that aren't as helpful or effective, then we can pull that back and be able to catch ourselves and maybe start thinking about things differently, seeing things
0: differently, and then we have better responses. So that's, that's a, a good goal. way to look at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cause if you think you don't have one, you're probably just not self aware maybe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but we all do this all the time.
2: Yeah. And so that's what I always, when I'm working with someone in my office I always just tell them, like, this is just human nature, is that we can, we can start to see, just based on our experiences, um, we, can, we can be conditioned or we can learn to think about things in ways that um, are, can be unhealthy or that we, um, you know, out of a pain or a hurt or a, a negative experience, we can kind of develop some beliefs about ourselves or the world mm. that maybe aren't really true. Or that aren't serving us well. And so if we can slow down and look at, okay, how am I seeing this? And where is that coming from in me? Then we can be able to work through that. And the hope is we can start
1: seeing it in a different way and then responding in a different way. And you said seeing it like now, but it made me think, or do you ever think about this? Mm -hmm. What are we going to think or how are we going to think we're in heaven? We seem very distorted on earth. Yeah. And in heaven, we won't have any of this. Like, we won't have sin. We won't have anything that's hurt us from our kids, like, growing up. Yeah. So do you ever wonder, like, what is the perfect way of thinking? When mm-hmm. we're perfected in heaven, we won't have any two, four, six, six, these ten ones that we've been going can through. Can we even grasp what that is No, like. that's what I, when, I but she said. That, I was like, yeah. what are we going to be like when we're perfected?
0: Mm-hmm. I don't think I mean, we I can guess, even grasp that. But I think
1: that's the idea. If all we are made is to made to worship, you don't have to deal with any of this. So it is easy to worship because you don't have to deal with a mental filter. The barriers. Jumper. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I just That's thought that was true. interesting.
0: That's a really good
2: point. Yeah. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, our distorted thinking comes from having blind spots that we don't we don't understand. We are blind to some things. And um, out of that misunderstanding, misinterpreting, which absolutely comes from our human nature. hmm and are flawed. living in an imperfect world mm-hmm. and being that, raised by yeah. imperfect people, exactly. having imperfect
0: friends, right. having, you know, yeah. yeah. All the above. Yeah. That's interesting. That's a
2: good point. Yeah. We mm. will be free of these, yeah, these yeah. thoughts
0: that
1: can
2: plague us or that, you know, cause harm yeah. to ourselves and others. Which Absolutely. it will be
1: easier to, to worship and do what he says. And to care yeah. for
0: each other. Cause we'll still be caring for each other. I mean, think about it. I mean, like, but it's, it supposed, be be new, different though. But it's supposed to be a new heaven and new earth. Like it's like, we're still be like we are now enjoying God's creation in amazing ways. We'll be able to think and we'll love and each other, love each other. Like we will care for each other mm-hmm. perfect, perfectly.
1: And care. Like when so. you said caring, I thought of like, I'm caring for you because maybe you're hurting or you're in a bad place, but you mm-hmm. won't ever be in a hurting or in a bad place. So we'll just be walking
0: but if let's you think about it, Adam still—but Adam still process. had to had was given instructions to steward his relationship with Eve. Totally, he failed, and so there will still be relationships <laughs> <Princess> <laughs> that will be stewarding together. Totally, and so that I do. It'll over. be amazing and fascinating to see how yes that will be yes. how what that will look like. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. anyway, in the meantime, though. Yeah. We still have to push ahead and the deal better. with our own distorted thinking here so we can be better stewards of what God has given us the best we can here. Mm-hmm. So let's look at mental filter first because okay. right. um, it sounds doesn't sound bad but Um, there's a definition to it here that is not great (laughs) right this is one of the ones the
2: types of distorted thinking that sounds like yeah you know what that doesn't sound so bad i'm okay with filtering things yeah um but i guess it's where we tend to filter out when we're filtering out certain information and attaching to other types of information oftentimes in ways that can create negative a negative emotion or a sense of hurt or a sense of being like I feel oftentimes it comes with we're filtering out the good and we're holding on to the bad. And then that's what we start to suffer with or to argue with. It's not fair
0: or this isn't right. Um, so so it says we're only paying attention to certain types of evidence. So that's what you're saying is you're only, I will look here and draw conclusions from that, but won't look at like the whole picture.
2: Yeah. So a good, okay. I wish that everyone could see, like I could draw on a whiteboard but just it's pretend, almost just, pretend. okay, I'm going to describe okay, it. it. So it's almost like a Pac-Man that has this, you know, triangle shape mouth. Right. And all around are these circles and squares of evidence of what's happening, of facts, of things that are there. But this Pac-Man only wants to eat what fits in this mouth. Right. So this, this Pac-Man is like the distorted thought, right? And this is the way we filter. The distorted thought me- might mean, um, I'm a loser. Right, that might be. I'm a loser. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. There's something wrong with me. And so that Pac-Man only looks for evidence that fits. Right? Is so it's filtering out all of these positive things. Of here's a mom that loves me. Here's you know I have this community that cares about me. Here's my job and I'm working hard and I'm doing well. Here's whatever fill in the blank. But all that that person is looking for with that filter is evidence of not being worthy so an a, an experience of feeling rejected see I'm not worthy. There's something wrong with me. So
0: they'll (laughs) focus, hyper-focus on that one thing is what we do. And we avoid this other evidence to the contrary. Yeah.
2: So it kind of fits in with the discounting the positives, right? These all go hand in hand of we're really looking out for evidence that matches up with what I'm looking for. Right. And so all these other things that I'm not looking for, I'm just, you know, filtering that out. I'm that's, we're not paying attention to that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to really hold on to this one experience of feeling like I wasn't good enough. This person doesn't, isn't validating me that I don't feel like I'm fitting in or enough. And so when we do that, it just can be very, you know, it's, it's almost like it's reinforcing this self-defeating view of ourselves. Or of other people when we're filtering out with regards to others, um, and so it kind of it can really, it can we can create a narrative for ourselves of really what's not true, right? And when we create that distorted narrative, and that's what we're living out of, just considering how much that's holding us back um, from living out of what's really who we're truly meant to be and and what we're made to be living out of in our lives, um, so it can be a huge detriment.
1: Hmm. how do you get better at that? No, not better. How do you do that less (laughs) and not, how How do do you get better? How do you get better at recognizing that and then not doing it?
2: Yeah. So So, yeah. So I think it's, once again, it's slowing down and looking at, okay, well, let me really look, let me look at all of it. I'm going to take all of What's in where I am in my life, what's here in my life, I'm going to take all of that into account. I'm going to start to pay attention to the good. I'm going to start to accept the good, um, to really engage in the things that, yeah, that show me differently, right? And oftentimes, it's our fear that holds us back. Mm -hmm. Our fear of, well, if I let that in, or if I do pay attention, then there is going to be something that really reinforces that I don't feel good enough, right? Like Mm -hmm. that can open myself up to being vulnerable Mm -hmm. to getting hurt. And so oftentimes these filters or these distorted thoughts are ways that we have kind of learned to protect ourselves or kind of put up walls to um, keep others at bay. Because if, if we already believe that, oh, see, I'm not enough, then if someone else gives us that you know if, if something happens and that's an experience i have we'll see i already i already knew that i was already thinking that so it's a form of self-preservation in a way
1: is it glass half empty
2: sometimes yeah that's the way it sounds manifests. like
0: it like disqualifying yeah. the positive yeah, like we're you not said. seeing all of the good right so can you but you can set up from what i'm hearing from you though also you gave us an example but mm-hmm. you can set up mental filters for, for like all different anything. Things. Yeah. How do you even recognize that? I think
2: in and of ourselves in isolation, it's really hard to catch ourselves or to have this awakening to seeing something differently. I think oftentimes, yeah, being able to see a different perspective comes in relationship. It comes from connection. So being, having friends, being in a community, having others who we can be open and honest with and who we can invite into that space and say, Hey, what do you see? What do you, you know, I'm struggling Mm -hmm. with this, you know, have you, if having a conversation, having a real conversation, um, because all of these issues, we're not, we're not struggling alone. There's others that have Mm -hmm. some form of the same thing, Mm -hmm. right. And
0: can relate. I feel like this is a filter that happens for Christians, Mm -hmm. especially if you grew up in purity culture for women Right? I'm waiting to see where you're going. So, like, if you grew up in that purity culture, you create that mental filter to fit that, that this is a, my life has to look like this. And so, if it doesn't fit that, you just avoid it. If you just do this, if you just do this, your marriage is gonna be perfect. This is gonna be perfect. You're gonna love sex. You're gonna love sex. And then, when it doesn't fit the reality, a lot, sometimes the answer is just to avoid reality, make it better than what it really is in your head. Yeah. Until you can't anymore. Right. Um. But I don't... So how do you convince someone it's okay... Facing reality is not a bad thing. Like, it's not mm-hmm. bad to mm-hmm. look at things and be honest. It's yeah. not scary. I would right. Think it's scary. scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think for sure it comes from... It's almost any time we're willing to make a change is it gets the hurt that's caused by that, by not facing it. And the hurt, like, whatever the negative fallout is from avoiding it becomes so big that we can't, we can't avoid keep, it. Anymore. We can't keep it up, mm-hmm. right. That there, there comes a point where it becomes too much or it's overwhelming mm-hmm. or it's, it's just something we can't continue to avoid or ignore. It's just right. It becomes, it's in our face. Um, and I think, yeah, the goal is the way to start oftentimes is to find someone or a place where you feel safe enough to start addressing it, just to get honest about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether that's in with a friend, whether that's with a family member, if that's in a support group, um, you know, I think that's why 12 step programs exist because it's a place you can go and be anonymous and Mm -hmm. and say, you know, I'm not okay and to be in a group of other people that also aren't okay because we all aren't Mm -hmm. in some capacity. So yeah, finding a place that feels safe. Um, so that's the that's kind of the number one criteria to start facing these things is that it needs to come from a place of okay I can allow myself to be vulnerable enough to start to see what's really there right and to face it
1: Mm.
2: so and with me you know in my therapy practice sometimes that's that's why people come to me is that, okay, well, this is your job. Mm -hmm. I've never told you know, I can't tell you how many times people have said, I've never told anyone this before. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's a safe enough place for, in this contained room to, with you, you know, with myself to share, like, this is what's happening. And, you know, to feel that, okay, I can start to, even just by saying it out loud of, this is what's been happening
0: or this has been my experience, then that's kind of the first step towards change. And if you're not yeah. used to doing that as you're doing it and unrolling things, unwrapping things, fixing that filter, mm-hmm. there's the potential to hurt people as you're addressing the reality of some of your relationships. And I do think sometimes that holds people back from telling the truth. Yeah. If you are realizing there were issue, more issues with your family of origin growing up, how do I respond to parents? Like how do I respond to my mom? How do I respond to my dad? How do I respond to my siblings? Like there's, if there's more issues you're not faced in your marriage, how do I tell my spouse? How do I have this discussion? This is going to be hard. We've never talked like this before. Yeah. So I mean, I think taking the initial step is hard, but the more you get used to it, the easier it gets, but if you never do it, but Man, don't you find you it don't. freeing, though, to do Oh, that? it is so like, I remember freeing. sitting at
1: our counselor and being like, I've never told anybody this. And was like,
0: oh,
1: that was, that, why, why is I holding that in for so long? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it really wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. I mean, he didn't leave and say, you're a freak. Right. He just said to me yeah. like, really? Yeah. No, really, that's not a big deal. Yeah. And I was like, I know, but it felt so heavy. Yeah. I think really, too,
2: it's about, it's the way you go about it. I don't think it has to be hurtful. You know, I don't totally. think, I don't think getting honest or being open about your own experience. But what if someone's hurt you and you're trying to talk to them about how they've hurt you? Do you I think
1: that think would that hurt I don't think that that
2: necessarily means that you're hurting them. I think it's that you're being honest with them. And sometimes the kindest thing we can do for someone is to be
0: honest. See, that's good. Do you good. find it hurtful? No. Are so what saying I'm that? saying though is it's not our fault if their feelings are hurt because you're finally recognizing their things that are doing that are hurting you. Right. And so, but when you asking the
1: question you're implying that it could be hurtful and Kara saying, no, no, it'll feel
0: hurtful to the other person. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that like it feels hurtful to them, but you're you're saying that's that's not an issue. And this is a me issue. Yeah.
2: So this is, that's this now, now we're going into boundaries right? Okay. Of not feeling a sense of responsibility for how, if you're speaking your truth in a kind way, in a tone that is loving and caring, and it's your truth, you're not responsible for how someone else receives it, right? You yeah. you are responsible for the way you go about it, right? The way it's, you know, so that's the prayer is that, you know, that we can be honest in a way that can be helpful, right? That can be, that we're, you know, we're speaking our truth in a way mm-hmm. that can be healing. Right. But we can't, we can't step over into and, and take responsibility for other people's response.
1: Yeah. you feel like that held you back for a long time going, on, I want to have this conversation, oh. but this oh, person, yes. absolutely.
0: Oh, interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no doubt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it took you time to be like, I'm not responsible for said person's yes. reaction, Correct. but it held you back that far Yeah, or that mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. so we would, it was
0: totally a growing up thing for me. Yeah. Like you didn't complain. I was yeah. the oldest. You were responsible. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we sure. would
2: call that stepping yeah. into someone else's, you yeah. know, we call it yeah. their hula hoop, right? Yeah. You're yeah. stepping into what's theirs and saying, no, let me control that. Let me make sure you don't feel hurt. For sure. mm. So because I'm afraid you might feel hurt by me being honest and I'm just, I'm going to control, I'm going to manage this for you. what's
0: interesting is in... Like, I worked with in my job, I never had that issue. I worked with emotionally compromised people all the time, hard but it's, to easy work with. It that, That's what I'm saying yeah. is that I think we can think we're well yeah. <laughs> or we're good <laughs> because we, we, that's that. There was something else that when we were talking, my counselor said I was doing the compartment, whatever that was, mm-hmm. where it's like, you're okay here. So, oh, that's not an issue for me. Because, look, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then in my personal life, With the people closest to me is where it was a struggle, Mm -hmm. right? And so, which is where most people I would say that's probably true. Yeah. Um. But but I think we all function well, and I think you talked about jumping to conclusions a little bit as we were Mm -hmm. talking about the boundaries thing, which will be interesting. Yeah. I think we're we can function well at such a level that we can go on for a while with these filters and not even realize we're doing it Mm -hmm. if nobody rocks the boat like yes. nobody on the other end of the boat or circumstances it. don't yes. come up that all so of a sudden you're like, this isn't working yep, anymore, yeah. which yeah. was my case. I mean, there was just enough pile on to where I was like, Oh yeah, this is not, it's not good. This isn't healthy. healthy. Right. Right. Mm-mm. right. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, and so, but again, it, Took me kind of by surprise. It took me by surprise. And so I think, I guess, as we're talking, I just want women to know it can happen at any time in your life. (laughs) Absolutely. You just, I mean, anytime. Yeah. And there's no shame in admitting that.
2: Right. And I always go back to something called the stages of change because this is for all of us with all different things in our lives, is that we can be functioning maybe in a way that, yeah, we're getting, we're getting, we're getting by. You know, and it's and maybe we have one of these distorted thoughts, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's in a way it's working for us. And so we can be in something called like denial or pre-contemplation. We're not even contemplating that I have a problem or that this is a problem for me until we kind of experience something called ambivalence, which is, okay, maybe this isn't working. Maybe there is something wrong. Maybe this is hurtful. Maybe I shouldn't just go along with this or be thinking in these ways. And until typically until there's consequences in some way, um, whether it's external consequences of someone else being upset or there being, you know, a financial loss or a job loss or some kind of relationship um, conflict, then we tend to not be willing to change it we don't want to face it Mm. it's you know until we're kind of until it's in our face and it's something that's causing discomfort we tend to not we tend to just want to stick with the status quo right Right.
1: sign me up for the status quo (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah in a lot of ways that's true who really wants to do really wants to change right yeah and especially if it means that you involve somebody else and there's going to be it's not going to be super happy at first. Mm-hmm. It's going to be ugly or messy. Yeah. Not happy, yeah. but ugly or messy.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes it's when we get to that point where it feels through that, it does feel like, okay, I, there's more on this side of that. I would benefit from the change mm-hmm. than the cost of me staying the same. That's right. Right. And so just continue, like there comes a point where we recognize it's too hurtful to stay the same. I can't just stay in this mm-hmm. place I've been. I, you know, there's. There's too much that's negative, right? That's That I'm willing to do the work to make the change.
1: Right. And I would hope as believers, that's I would believe that's the Holy Spirit prompting them. Yeah. When they get to a point of like, I'm not being, you know, kind, gentle, all the fruits of the Spirit. It's like I'm the opposite of it. Yeah. That you're like, this is not where I'm, this is or not even where God the has me. People who
0: say they love me aren't being that towards me even. Mm-hmm. I think there's, you're right. I mean, especially in a body of believers. I think that even people, we're all image bearers. So even people who aren't believers come to those kinds of conclusions themselves sometimes. But Mm -hmm. I think what we forget is, I mean, the supernatural, like amazing part of the Holy Spirit is we can go beyond that. Mm -hmm. I mean, like we see it deeper. We can, we have
2: a different lens. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You would hope (laughs) if the
1: mental filter can get off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's just claim it. We do. (laughs) Wipe
0: that thing off. Okay, should we go to the jumping to conclusions? Yes, I've done
1: half of my life with two plus two equals five. So let's go there.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay, so jumping to conclusions, there's two different types. Um, So we would say mind reading, and I would call this making assumptions. Mm -hmm. So we're mind reading, just jumping to the conclusion of what other people think or what they're going to do. Um, without actually having the conversation or asking.
0: You so know. even motivations, right? This is why they yeah. did something to to yeah. conclusions. You know, their motivations.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the and second that's easier to do.
0: Right. Then to then engage
1: in the conversation of why did you do that? Yes. Or what were you feeling? Or hmm. what were you thinking when that happened? Yeah. Cause this is how I took it. And they're usually like, yeah, that's, that's not how it was intended. And I'm like, well, in my head, I had it. You hated me. This is horrible. And they're like, Yeah. No, not it. That's not it at all.
2: Yeah. I think it's interesting because my experience of this, especially with couples is that the longer a couple has been together or the longer the relationship, the more likely you are to just think that, you know, that other person. Mm. So, you know, I worked with a couple last year and they'd been married for 45 years and time out. I yeah. love
1: that a four, married, couple that's been married 45 years is like, well, you still need to go to counseling. Yeah. That's so yeah. encouraging. Uh-huh.
2: And so, but it was interesting because in in the therapy office, they would just tell me what the, instead of focusing on what their <laughs> thoughts and feelings are, they were so busy telling me about, well, here's what he does and what he, and here's why he does this and, well, here's what she thinks. So, you know, I don't even know mm-hmm. why I'm going to, right? And it was exhausting mm-hmm. because, it was hold on, no, we're not getting. What do you think? You know, um, they could were they even just... form thoughts on what they thought? No, it was very uncomfortable for them. Yeah, it right. They like were it. so busy telling me about the other person, and about why, and yeah. about you know what they're thinking, about why they're thinking that that they couldn't. You know, it took it took a while to get them to focus on
1: themselves because like a while in that session or many sessions, many sessions. I'm concerned about them. Many now. sessions. Yes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm concerned. But that about was part of the problem.
2: Couple. That was part of the problem is that we can get into that bad habit of just thinking we know. Yeah. You true. know, um, and unless, are unless the other party is willing to speak up and say, that's not really true. Mm -hmm. That's not really, I'm not really thinking that or that's not where Mm -hmm. I was going. Um, Then yeah, sometimes we can get passive and we can get lazy in relationship and we don't make the effort Mm -hmm. to actively communicate and to actively work on being on the same page Mm -hmm. that we can, yeah, we can make assumptions. So Mm. that's
0: good. That is, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, good for them for sticking it out though. Yeah, yeah. They still married. Mm -hmm. As far as I know, yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> Just making sure. They made a
1: 45. <laughs> they're trying to get healthy, and now they have to divorce. Yeah. no. They're so doing that was what?
0: the first part of jumping to conclusions, uh-huh. which was mind reading. The second way you do it is by? Fortune telling. Fortune telling. Thinking mm-hmm. you know what the future holds. Right. We're all a prophet.
2: Yeah. And this one, you know, good. this one sounds... This doesn't sound bad, but my experience has been that fortune telling can actually translate into anxiety, that we're so, that there's a, it's a worry about what's going to happen. And I'm so focused on the uncertainty of what's, what's out there in the future that I'm going to try to predict it. Right. So there's this kind of, I'm going to predict I have this anticipatory anxiety about what's going to happen so I'm going to try to make up the story that I'm telling myself mm-hmm. of what what is going to be. What's going to happen? And so instead of that becoming something that there's an awareness of, okay, this is a possibility of what can happen, is where we just get really rigid thinking about, oh, I already know what's going to happen. Yeah. And we can do that to ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, and then we can talk ourselves out of even taking a step in a positive direction because we think we already know what's going to happen. And we're, we're, you know, fortune telling that, Oh, well, if I do that, for example, he'll get upset and he Mm -hmm. won't like it if I say this thing. Right. So Mm -hmm. that was a form Mm -hmm. of fortune telling, Mm -hmm. um, of jumping into the future and already making this, you know, guess about what's going to happen. And instead of that being a possibility, it
0: becomes a reality like in our own minds. Mm -hmm. And it's easy for those people who are like that a lot, To look like very responsible, have it all together, adults. Yes, because they're the ones who have a backup plan for the backup plan for the backup plan, right? Mm -hmm. How do you get out of a tendency? You you mentioned rigidity, kind Mm -hmm. of that kind of stuff. How do you get out of a tendency or circle, kind of reasoning of doing that all the time? Because I would think that would be really hard to break.
2: Yeah. It is. And I would say people, yeah, people who tend to be what we call worriers, right? If you Mm -hmm. tend to worry more often or have anxiety, then this is one that probably is going to be happening for you. And I would say, yeah, the way to get out of that type of distorted thinking is to get back to be more present moment focused. So it's being able to pull your thinking back to the now. And there's all different strategies of how to practice that. I mean, a great way to practice that is prayer and having time that you set aside just to connect to today mm. and let me pay attention to where I am. Let me pay attention to what's right in front of me. Instead of spending so much time spinning this kind mm-hmm. of prediction and anticipating like what's, what's going to happen and getting stuck like instead of getting 10 steps ahead it's i'm allowing myself to be where i am and that's that's a
0: that's actually a mental practice of how to do that this is so interesting i love that making yourself present for the day so facing each day i get up and i look at it and i have to like calculate 20 steps ahead kind of a thing how do i practically like you're saying how can i make myself be more present so i'm not anxious for the next hour for the next mm-hmm two hours for dinner for
2: yeah, whatever, I think it helps, you know, one of the strategies that I teach and that I try to guide people I work with is it's not bad to have a plan and to have structure for your day, right? It's good to have routines Mm -hmm. that are healthy and that are helpful for you. It's good to have a plan, you know, so every night look at your calendar and see what you're doing tomorrow and know what you're doing this week. So it's not being present focused, um, in a way that now we're just not at all paying attention to what's coming. Right. There's it's, extremes
0: on either right. side that are not good. Right. Yeah, that makes so,
2: sense. So Yeah, so you, you feel prepared. You know what's on your plate. You have a plan. And at the same time, so there's time for that that you set aside. But then... For the most part, you're coming back to allowing yourself to be present in the moment. And that's, so it's being able to shift where your attention is. Mm -hmm. Right. So for instance, if you're with your kids and you're driving and the whole drive, you're just thinking about, oh my gosh, we have to go here and then we're there and then tomorrow. And then I have to fill out this form for school. Totally maybe. And then, right.
0: Yes. Then
2: we're not really showing up for our kids. We're missing. That's right our ability in that moment to show up for them and to to be really engage with mm-hmm. them and you know have fun with them because these these moments are fleeting
1: and we can miss them that's why right. ecclesiastes is really good yeah yeah like tomorrow what well, don't worry about today just wait till tomorrow yeah And gone with the wind. Doesn't she say that too at the end of Gone with the Wind? I don't know.
0: It's been a while. Yeah, she's got that famous line. What did she say? At the end. Well, now you're going to have to look that up. I'm going to look it up. Well, you're looking that up. I I did have a Proverbs verse that I was telling y'all that I found um, that literally, it's Proverbs 25, 8, and says, Don't don't jump to conclusions. There may be a perfectly good explanation for what you just saw. Hmm. (laughs) Verse 9 In the heat of an argument, don't betray confidences. We're just sure to get around and no one will trust you. <laughs> well, and that was, you that has, that is an accurate conclusion, mm-hmm. but I just thought that was funny. Literally word for word, Proverbs 25, eight is don't jump to conclusions. There may be a perfectly good reason mm-hmm. yeah. for something. And you don't know what it is. Even if you think, you know, motivation, you might not. Right. Man. Yeah. So going back to that one, you know, one of the best
2: ways to work against that, just dis- that, distorted thinking style of mind reading is just to be curious and is to be willing to ask questions, you know? So instead of making the assumption that, oh, I already know what this person is thinking or what they're going to do, it's be willing to just ask, you know, Mm. what do you think? Being curious about
0: what they're going to tell you versus already thinking, you know, and arguing with them about what they're saying or whatever. You're just going to listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that's novel sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Cause sometimes we just don't slow
2: down, you know, to, to, you know, be willing to, yeah, be curious and, you know, allow the possibility that maybe someone is thinking or is going to respond in a way that's different than we expect. You know, so sometimes it's giving other people the benefit of the doubt and being, willing to you know to see that yeah there's a middle ground there and that others are capable of change as well you know we're working on changing mm-hmm. ourselves and being aware of ourselves and I think it's as well not putting other people in a box too
0: that's true and we are changing our spouses aren't, we're changing all that so you can be married for 45 years and go oh yeah we need to work this out because you're assuming things of me mm-hmm. based on 25 years ago and I'm not I'm different mm-hmm. and you haven't even noticed yeah <laughs>
1: There's all kinds of conflict in that statement right there. How many of those? Okay. Ecclesiastes three does say for everything, there's a season, a time for every matter under the heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and time to build up, time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, time to cast away stones and time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time for refraining from embracing. A time to seek, a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away. A time to tear, and a time to sew, a time to keep silent, and a time to speak. Time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. But I like the idea of there's a time for it, because sometimes I'll get wrapped up in things. I'm like, oh I guess is not the time for it. That time will come. Like, that helps me, like, mentally be, like, be present where I am, because I mentally want to go check these boxes or do this thing, and I have to be like, no. That's not a time for it. The time will be tomorrow morning. When I was in seminary, that's really what got me through it because I would have so many things to do. And the Lord was so great because he'd be like, no, I'm going to wake you up tomorrow. It'll be fine. There'll be a time for it. This You have to be present with your family. And then at 3 a.m. it'd be like, oh, this is the time. Here we go. And it was like clockwork. Like, And it was always, and he would clear my brain and my mind that for three hours I could focus on something that would take kids 10 or 11 days to do or hours to do that God was like, nope. I told you there's a time for it. Hmm. And so I found that always very helpful to just go, is this the right time for this? No. Go do what the Lord has you to be doing in that time.
0: Yeah. And do you have a hard time, like kind of sitting down anyway, right? (laughs) (laughs) Finish your You like, do you you have a hard time sitting down? No, I'm getting better.
1: Yes. It used to be hard for me, but now it's, it's better. But I can tell when I get anxious that it is hard for me to sit down and it's hard, but I have to learn to be like, no, this is good for the kids to have me sit and be present with them. I'm great at the dinner table because we're achieving a goal. You're getting fed. You're getting fed. Right. There's all, stuff happening. Yeah. And it's great. And we can sit here all night long. I think that's fine. But it's the sitting on the couch and watching TV when I'm like, oh, I could totally be prepping for this. Or replying back to an email. That i have to be like, no, there's a time for it.
0: So is that a fa- How much? I know a lot of mine, family of origin just plays into so much. Yeah, with Jamie and I both. So is that a family of origin thing I'm for you? Sure you think it is. so? I don't know. Like sure. it is hard. I mean, I'm going. Okay, this is. I've been out of my house now for. Yeah. How how many years? Yeah. And you're still. So I think of my kids, and I guess I'm saying I'm not blaming my parents. I mean, at this point, it's all oh, my responsibility. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking of my kids and like going. Okay, what are the things? Your, their counseling bill for you is going to be. It's so going to be so high. <laughs> What of these have I passed along to Mm. them? So I guess that is my next question. Like if our, for people listening, like how, what is helpful for us if we're trying to not pass along distorted thinking to our kids?
2: Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I think modeling is big. So yeah, it's recognizing that the way we talk about things, the, the, It's almost like the way that we frame things for our kids, they pick up on, you know, if we, if we frame things as this is awful, we can't stand it, tragic, (laughs) this Mm -hmm. is, you know, we can't come back from this versus, okay, you know, let's, let's face this. This is, you know, let's pick ourselves up. What's, what's something we can do. So when we can help our kids see and frame things in healthy ways where we're, we're giving them we're empowering them we're giving them ownership to make healthy choices and to take steps forward I think that's the biggest thing kids are really resilient you know they pick up on things
1: well being honest right like I shouldn't have thought about it like this we should have processed this way or Mm -hmm. my bad in communicating it this way I was mad at the time or upset yeah and the truth and reality is this yeah yeah which mm-hmm. is hard to do. I mean, you have to step back and look at it. Right.
0: And it's hard to let them go through the process sometimes. If, if we tend to be a worrier or fearful mm-hmm. or anxious, mm-hmm. You're, yeah, them stepping out on their own may be difficult for us. Right. Because yeah. uh, you want to try to control anxious. things. You yeah. don't want them to have to go through things. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know if I, you I know this, Christy, that. but our Ooh. sons played golf this morning together. <laughs> Tell and me, let stories, me. Let me Karen. tell you what
1: happened. Okay, tell me. I do not know any of this. Okay. This is gonna be so good. This is so fun. yeah, so
2: my 16-year-old son is playing golf with Christie's. So nervous right now. Son, 17. How old is he? 18. 18. 18. And my son calls me all upset. Uh-huh. Mom, I broke a window, right? Very upset. With and a golf the ball? lady with a golf ball. He uh-huh. hit a golf ball. Uh-huh. The golf ball hit the window, broke. Yeah. The lady comes out of her house really mad. You know, you broke yeah. my window. So then he, I, okay. I'm sorry, got her number. Whitaker ran away from him and I, got no, in the car. No, probably not. I don't know. <laughs> but then, yeah, so he came home and was upset, visibly upset, mm-hmm. and said, well, Mom, I, I offered to pay for it, but I looked it up, and legally, I'm not really responsible. Oh. Legally, because they live on the golf course. course, right, then it's their, like, mm-hmm. I'm not liable.
0: That's and awesome.
2: So, however, though, it was a discussion of, well, so this is practicing the framing, right? Is but okay. There's there's what's legally mm-hmm. allowed, but what's the right thing to right. do? What's morally, as as a child of God yeah. and as someone who like you you are a witness and you're mm-hmm. a disciple. Like, what's what's your ministry? What do you, what do you, mm-hmm. what do you want that person to know you as and experience mm-hmm. you as someone that's uh, legally holding up? Mm -hmm. what you're allowed to do versus you doing the thing that's probably the right thing to Mm -hmm. do. Right. And so even as I'm having this conversation with my son, I'm thinking like, okay, well, this is a a learning opportunity and this is a big one because he's going to remember this Mm -hmm. because he's going to have to pay for it Mm -hmm. out of his hard earned Mm -hmm. summer job money that he earned this summer. So, um, did he come to that on his own? That he was going to have to pay mm-hmm. for it? Yes.
1: Oh, that's
0: yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I think, and it, it is moments like that. There was a, my brother tells a story with my dad where they were coming out of the movie theater and there was a $20 bill on the ground, like uh, right as I he stepped out. hate on the
1: ground. That's such a moral dilemma. That <laughs> is and so, so my hard. brother picks
0: it up. I was like, dad, I have $20. And my dad looks at him and goes, who has $20? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He goes, well, dad, we don't know whose it is. He goes, but son, we know whose it's it not. isn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, so what do you think would be a good idea to do with that money? And so we they marched back in the movie theater and they handed it in. And I'm sure nobody ever came no. and got it. But my dad was making a point. It wasn't about the person getting the money. It was about my brother and his, like you're saying, his kind right. of framework right. on how but to, how morality, you know, yeah. works. Have you
1: ever kept the money and been like, oh. So bad, I can't keep this money. This is not my money. I remember picking up a five dollar bill when I was little and being like, Oh, yeah, I found it. No morality conversation, nothing, Mm right? But just being like. I can't, I can't spend this money. Like, cause it's it, not feels, nice. it feels, it feels dirty. It feels icky. It yeah, does. I remember sure. yeah. vividly being like, this is not right. This
2: mm-hmm. is not right. Yeah. That's why mm-hmm. we have a conscience, you know, which is really the Holy Spirit. Right. And, us yeah. telling us and you don't right want right to, to be right. avoiding that. It's yeah. important.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's good. Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah. But I think even as parents, we have that as stewards of our kids, you mm-hmm. know, is we're called to raise them in a way that, yeah, it's, and it's hard for us sometimes because we see them being upset and we just want to make it better, you that's know? Right. So yeah, mm-hmm. let's take the easy way out mm-hmm. and let's just say we don't have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still impressed that your son looked up that rule. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Well, I and think he was trying to get out of pain for the window. Well, true.
1: That's right. exactly where I went. Was if you live on the golf course, you don't have to pay for it. Did you not know that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's I
0: mean, part of it. Uh-huh. But that which is why there's a lot of people that would never live on a golf course right
2: me too I would I would not I would, live on it I course.
0: would not enjoy that I yeah. don't feel like because yeah it's true but yeah, other man. people love it but they it is do. A yeah and I guess pay, it's but good a, for your son though If
2: the woman whose window was broken is listening I'm sorry that this oh, happened yeah. right who knows it could be someone that's listening that's a, her but issue we, not a you but issue yes Cara. but he will yes Ryder will <laughs> he will right or will do the right thing yes
0: <laughs> love that's it. Good. I love it. There's legal and there's the right thing. Mm, They're not yeah. always the same. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming. Yep. We appreciate it Absolutely. very much. We always it's enjoy good. our conversations. I feel like we have these mini therapy sessions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fun. Oh, good. Well, it's just life, you know, it, it, is is life. Life, yeah. it is life. Um, and life is amazing. Mm-hmm. Life is awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and what I love is you can peel back the layers and, um, there's still so much good. I mean, we peel back the icky and it's hard, but you mess through, you walk through the mud and man, you get to some nice, sweet, fine grass on the other side, Yeah, <laughs> away from the weeds and the gross. You get to the sun and the mm-hmm. pretty flowers and yeah, <laughs> the clean air. I'm struggling with that analogy right now, but that's fine. <laughs> Keep going. I don't know. Sometimes our mind is like muck, man. Trying I to agree. wade through it is hard and it's nice yeah, and liberating when is. you feel oh, now I feel fresh and alive and I feel better. But, no, it's true. Yeah, it's
1: good. It just Am I by. the only
0: one that gets that analogy now? No. <laughs> no.
1: Oh, it's true. It's, it's just the, the green grass. <laughs>
0: well, I view it as finding like a, peace,
2: right? Yes. When we can get through yes. the muck, get yeah. to the other side and find yeah. some peace.
0: Yeah. yeah okay that's and I mean, maybe that's my version yeah. of peace yeah because I grass. do I'm thinking of I just want to get out of, I'm of like I'm getting free. I'm thinking about laying in a meadow or a beautiful mountain or but like you nature walk up all that and you gotta yes. poop in all your places oh. you like
1: to poop in and all that I don't like any of that it makes me uncomfortable already <laughs> anyway I'm with you on the analogy <laughs> <laughs> she's got these funny stories about hiking <laughs> so it makes it you can after. like that's on another podcast i, know. I just like and to this, get out of the muck i think here's where i there's like you just get out of the muck and i'm like i'm out of the muck you're not thinking about what's you're after i could care less i that's just want to hilarious. get out of the muck you just get me out of the muck i i, I could be standing in dry sand and I'm, you're good i'm out oh
0: gosh i'm out of the muck praise the lord hallelujah all right well thank you so much Kara. well mm-hmm. it is season four yeah. we have a lot of stories at this point so that means we'll keep going oh go to this podcast you can hear christy's mm-hmm. story for this go to mm-hmm. this podcast but anyway, well, that's it from us today. It was fun. Yeah. We'll have you back um, because we love talking to you. Awesome. So. Yeah. our people love listening. But anyway, that's it from us today, everybody. This is Noisy Narratives out. Bye. Bye. Life can be amazing.